Good morning. First of all, I have to apologize to my dad because I asked him to do the prayer this morning and I think I confused him when I said it's usually where the Lord's Supper is. And so that's my fault. But you know what? We can't pray about the Lord's Supper enough, can we? And we'll see that as we get into this lesson, as we get to the end of this lesson. Um, we're glad that you're here. We're glad that if you're here and you're our guest, um, we, we hope that you have a wonderful time here with us. We hope that this is a, a day of encouragement, a day of thanksgiving, and that, that you'll see what a special place um, that we have here um, at, at this particular congregation. If you don't know yet, we're not perfect. Uh, if you haven't figured that out, um, if you can't figure that out with how we do worship sometimes, then you're not going to figure it out probably. Uh, and you'll see as I preach, it's just, it just gets worse. So, uh, but we're just so glad you're here. You know, I mentioned last week that, uh, Missy and I, we went to Harding university, took Bella on a, on a college trip there. It was a college weekend and it was just an amazing, amazing time. Now we understand that it is a recruiting trip. I remember being at Faulkner University and you know anytime there were prospective students and families and or the lectureships or anything like that all of a sudden the the, lunch, the cafeteria had really good food you know and and you know the everybody that worked there just seemed to be just a little bit nicer than they normally were you know not that they weren't nice but just a little bit nicer than they normally so we understand how that works and even if you subtract all of that we we say wow we had just an amazing experience we got picked up from the airport by these two freshmen there at Harding that was set up by admissions uh, they were great. They talked to us all the way back and we got to ask them questions and all this kind of stuff. What wasn't set up by admissions is that these girls later on, they, they texted Bella and said, would you like to go with us to supper and, and go to the intramural softball games out down at the fields? And, and she did, and she got to meet all of these girls and she saw how much fun that they had. And it was just, it was just all wonderful and everything else. She stayed in the dorm of another girl who was a freshman there at Harding. And that was set up by admissions. But what wasn't set up was the fact that they, they fried Oreos in the dorm and all the girls on that floor were, were all a part of this. And so she got to be a part of that and get to see all of these. And they were just having a really, a really good time. And, and while she was there, she met somebody that is coming to Harding there in the fall and they just hit it off. Both of them are interested in, in Harding softball program, and, and so they met that way, and, and so they just had a lot of things in common. They went together to all these different things, and they went to the big tailgating thing that they have there at Harding before the football games, and, and they snuck into the student section uh, of Harding at the, during the game because the prospective students, our seats were actually across the stadium, but they wanted the full experience uh, just don't tell the people there what they did because I know they'll be arrested. But anyway, so they did all of that and, you know, just got this great experience. Even the day we were leaving, you know, even the day we were leaving, Bella and I, we go down to Einstein Brothers. It's there on campus and we're in line and there's some girl, I don't even know who she is. And she turns around to Bella and she goes, hey, Bella. She goes, you want to come up here with me? And, you know, Bella looks at me like, you know, can I? And I'm like, sure, go on up there. And it was just great as I'm way back in line watching these girls talk and way, way back in line. And they didn't invite me up. But anyway, 
But the point is that they, they you know, I love that because they had, she had this great experience. And Missy and I, we had these amazing experiences as well. I know some of you in here, you know Steve Lake. And Steve Lake took us around. He was just telling us about the school. He's telling us about how this is not just a Christian university. He says it's all about building a Christian community. And, and he would tell me about, you know, all these different things. And he, he would tell me about a lot of the professors, you know, they, they have their own small groups with these college kids. They bring them into their homes and they do all. And it's just like this, this wonderful thing. And it, that's really just so impressed us. And then we had uh, an unexpected event that um, I woke up on Saturday morning and the whole room was spinning. Now, that doesn't normally happen to me. I know y'all think my head spins. But I laid back down and for about another hour, and I tried to get back up, and I couldn't get up. I mean, I was just, everything was pulling to the right, you know. And the last time that happened to me was years ago, uh, and I woke up one morning, and, and same thing. Come to find out, my blood pressure had just bottomed out. Never had done that before, had not done it since, and I'm thinking, maybe that's what it is. But here's the problem. We didn't have a car. And you may not realize this, but getting an Uber in Searcy, Arkansas on a Saturday morning, um, it was impossible. No one, there was no one driving Ubers on that morning. So then we're thinking, well, you know, maybe, maybe they've got some kind of medical facility there on campus with the students. And so Missy goes down. We were staying in the hotel there on campus. And she goes down and she goes into one of these offices. And there was a lady working. She works there part time. And she tells the situation. And, she, you know, they call up the medical facility. And I found the one place they were not ready for recruiters because they didn't have their A-team and the medical staff, because they told me, they said, we don't even know how to take blood pressure. <laughs> so we're like, okay, we're going to have to get to urgent care or to the emergency room or something. This lady calls her husband. Now, we've never met these people in our lives. And she said, he just, we just live right over here. And he comes and he picks us up. And he, and he drove us to two urgent cares, because in Searcy, not all urgent cares are open at the same time. Um, and so we, we got into the other, and we were telling him, listen, you go on. We'll find a way back. We don't know how long it's going to take. You know what I'm talking about. And so we're there, um, you know, for a while. And, uh, but he said, he said, no, I'm not, I'm not leaving you. He said, I brought a book. I'm just going to sit out here and read. And he did. And after we, you know, come out, he takes us to the pharmacy because i got to have some medicine and this type of thing. And I know some of you are like, what happened to you? So, okay, let me go ahead. So I had earwax <laughs> that was compounded down into my ear and with the, the change of pressure from the airline uh, flying and everything, it was messing it all up in there. So they had to get in there and they had to shoot that little thing of water in there and all this earwax comes out. Just what you want to hear on the Sunday morning, right? TMI, right? TMI. Uh, but, but here's the point. The point was that everybody on that campus just seemed to see it as this one big community. This one big Christian community. And if you came into that community, even if you were not officially there, they just saw you. They, this, is, this is how they saw it. They just saw it as a community. They have something at Harding that I, I don't think, I don't know of any of our, our sister colleges that do this, they have what's called a legacy neighborhood. And so it's, it's on the outside part of the campus, 
But it's just a neighborhood, and professors live out there. You can, if you went to Harding or you have any association with Harding, you can actually build a house there. And, and these people, most of them, open their house up to these students. And, and they, they like to participate, and things are going on at Harding. And, and you know, we're hearing about all of this, and, and later on, Missy's like, look, when you retire, this is what I want us to do. She said, because I want to be able to go there and open our home to these kids so that they feel like they've got a home away from home. And then she starts talking about, like, I can bake cookies all the time, have cookies ready, and, and they can come in and they can do, like, a, you know, we can have a Bible study group there. And, you know, some of the kids, maybe if they don't have a lot of money, they can wash their clothes at our house, they can watch ball games, and they can, you know, watch movies. And it's like, what has gotten into my wife? Community. Community. And the thing is that Jesus, that's what he planned for when he died and he rose from the grave. It's the hope, folks, it's the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. In fact, turn into your Bibles to book of Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2 is such a, such a powerful, powerful text. It is the inauguration of this of this new community that suddenly rises up. And, and we see all of a sudden as it begins, there's this loud noise and there's wind. And the disciples, they are speaking in all of these different languages because the Holy Spirit has now come and has entered into these people. Peter steps forward and, and he begins to tell about the risen Christ. And how he is the Lord of all creation. And he invites everybody that was there and everyone who would listen that if you want to be a part of this new spirit-filled community, he said, just surrender your life to Jesus. Repent. Be baptized. And it says there were 3,000 that day. And then suddenly we see something about this community in verse 42, it tells us what they did. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came over every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together, and they had all things in common. Listen to that. And they were selling their possessions and their belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in the homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to that number day by day those who were being saved. This Christian community, it was so contagious that every day people were wanting to be saved. They were wanting to become a part of what they were a part of. And our contemporary Christian communities that we're in right now, they are also to be a witness for Jesus Christ. They are also to be the spirit-filled, contagious kind of thing that happens as we bear witness to Christ, as we bear witness to the movement of the Spirit of God. We need these Christian communities that are willing to live counterculturally to the world. People who are willing to, to give their lives to Jesus, to, to bear witness to Him. 
But something that is becoming more and more prevalent over this last year and a half is people thinking, well, you know what? I want Christ, but I just don't want that whole community thing. And they're missing what it means to be a whole disciple. There is no such thing in Scripture to an isolated Christian. The only way that an isolated Christian should be there is if there are no other Christians. But we don't see that. I mean, here we are this morning, and we are in our communal community worship together. And I'm here to tell you that people who have been Christians their whole lives, right now, it is something that is becoming lost to them. Something important exists when we have the gathering of spirit-filled communities of Christ. There's something that is supposed to happen to us so that we can then go out and live in our world the rest of the week, the other times that we're out there. It's like we come in here to breathe in so that we can exhale our witness for Christ. This goes back to what Peyton talked about a couple of weeks ago about living missionally. How can we go and live this mission for Christ if we can't fill up ourselves? God breathes into this church. He breathes into our community as a, as a church through His Spirit. And He does it through the reading of Scripture. He does it through the prayers. He does it through teaching and preaching. He does it through the communion that we're going to partake of later on. And all of this is meant to just breathe into us. And as God breathes into the church, we have this sense of renewal that happens we begin to heal from being out in this toxic world that we live in every day. Because we have been created to love God and to love other people and to be loved. Folks, that's why we read things like Hebrews 10.25. He says, look, let us consider how to stir one another to love and good works. You hear what he's saying? We need to figure out how we can breathe into one another this, this life that we need so desperately. He says, but it can't be done if we are neglecting to meet together. As has become the habit of some. And not just to the people of Hebrews. And so he says, look, you need encouraging. Encourage one another. Breathe into one another. Day by day, as we see the day that is drawing near. Folks, that's why we need it. There's a day that's coming, capital D. And we need this, this time. Our Christian community should just breathe into us. We should feel encouraged being with one another. We should be able to be with each other, and it just feels like we're getting fresh air. Every day we are surrounded by toxic people. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Some of you, you are in some very high-stress jobs. Some of you, you work, you go to school. You have people who are very toxic in your life. They're mean. They say things that are, 
that are upsetting, we turn on the news and what's there? It's always something divisive, something, some kind of political divisiveness that is always there. Over the last few weeks, Many of you may have seen this former project manager from Facebook, and, he, and she's telling us about how all there's just these young girls in, in our world, and they are just ingesting all of this pollution from this, this social media site. And, and they're, they're finding that there's this increase in mental health with young girls who are following this stuff, and Facebook knows it. But they're going to lose money if they don't. Folks, we live in a toxic world. We live in a world of darkness and chaos. But just as God's light broke through and His order broke through at creation in Genesis chapter 1, so God's light and order breaks through in us through His very Spirit of God who comes and He makes us into this new creation. That same Spirit that hovered over the waters of the darkness and the chaos that brought forth light and order and beauty, that same Spirit is the one that shows up in Acts chapter 2. In fact, we know the story of Genesis 1 through 3, right? Darkness and chaos comes back into the world. And the prophets just kept saying, listen, the Spirit is coming again. The same Spirit that we see that brought forth this, this creation of the world and all the good world of God, he says this same Spirit is coming again, but this time He is going to change the hearts of humanity. He's, so we can love God and we can love humanity. The Spirit empowered Jesus while He walked this earth to bring new creation. Folks, that's, that's the story. This is, this is why we got to connect all of this back to Genesis. Because of what's happening. Jesus is showing, as He's going through the earth, new creation is happening. People are being healed People are being forgiven of sins. There, have been, there were a couple of people that Jesus took. They were dead. And He brought them back to life. And the same Spirit is what Paul tells us is what raised Jesus from the dead who is the beginning of the new creation. And so when Jesus ascends, what does He do? He sends His Holy Spirit onto His disciples. They become new creations. They become witnesses of the good news and they begin to share with others. And all of a sudden we see that this, this new community of spirit-filled, new creations of God, they just start popping up everywhere. Folks, if you are a child of God, listen to me. You bear the sweet breath of the Spirit in your lungs. When we assemble, we should breathe out and breathe in this love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and self-control 
Folks, we should, just, we should go away when our time's together in the time that we're assembling now, or whether it's in some of your small groups, or whether it's in, in times that some of you, you just get together through the week. It should be times that you're breathing fresh air. You know, we, we just read about how they, they ate together in Acts 2, verse 46, and they did it often. And notice, they didn't dread it. It doesn't say, you know, and day by day they broke bread together and some of the women, they just didn't like it very much because they had to keep cleaning their house. You know why? Because it was more than a meal. They were sharing Jesus. That was the focus. And I'm not trying to pick on you women, it's just we men know we're messy. It doesn't say that they, they made the, the grandest of meals. It just says, listen, that just became something that brought them together. You know, one of the great highlights that I had going to Harding is getting to eat supper with Steve Lake one night. If you know Steve, Steve is just an awesome guy. He's just an encourager. He just, just poured into us. I mean, he poured in, you know, about how God's grace just has saved him. As, as He just was very open about himself and his past and who he is. And, and he says, you know, and, and, and people here at Harding, you know, he t- talks about the different people in, it's like, and how God's grace is just continuing to do these things in these people's lives. And, and, I, and we got up from it. And, and I didn't get up thinking, well, you know what? I really want my daughter to go here. I'd already made that decision. I got up thinking, I just want to be a better person. You ever been around people like that? It's just like, every, you know, they just, it's like this spirit-filled person that you just, you sit down and you talk with and you eat with and, you're, and, and they just are just pouring in and, and it's like, I get up from there and I'm just like, I just want to be a better person. I've made hundreds of visits in almost 30 years of ministry. Most of those visits would be people who are sick, um, people who have been in the hospital, people who are going through lots of things counseling-wise, and people who have lost other folks. But then there are those visits for me. They don't know it. But I think every place I've been, there have been those people who just, I know that when I'm with them, I just come away feeling better. I, I, I feel that way around here. I mean, every time I, I'm with Bob and Sandy, I just feel that way. Ken and Cheryl, they make me feel that way. The card reaches, Dennis and Minerva, every time I'm with them, I just feel like I just want to be a better person. And, and, and then I see these people that just pour into other folks that are part of this church. And it just, it's encouraging. It's not even things that are happening for me. It's just they, they're doing good things for others. And I see it. And a lot of you, you don't even see it. And they're just always giving. I mean, Ethel's one of those people. Rick Higgins is one of those people. John Pickerel's one of those people. And I know I shouldn't start naming names because I'm going to forget people. And that's not the intent is to give you an exhausted list. I'm just here to tell you that there's people that just encourage me because they are spirit-filled people. And when I'm with them and I see what God is doing through them, I just can't help but feel like I want to be a better person. 
There are some people, I know this is going to shock you. There are some people that will suck the life right out of you. Don't worry, I'm not going to name names. But it's like every time you're with them, you know, you just leave and I'm just like, oh, I need a nap. You know? It doesn't mean people don't have, you know, things that are going on and, and, and things in their lives. And, and it's not that at all. It's just like, it, it's just, they just suck the life out of you. These early Christians, you see that community, they're praying together. And, and I, th- I definitely think it was more than just going up and telling people, you know what, I'm praying for you. That's wonderful. And I don't want to discourage that. I, I sometimes get texts from some of you and just says, you know what, I prayed for you today. I just, you know, I've just been thinking about you and I, I don't want you to stop that. <laughs> but you know what, there's nothing wrong when you're having conversations with people while we're here together as this, this spirit-filled community and you just say, you know what, I want to pray with you right now. Just let me pray. And I see it. I've seen it in here. I've seen people praying right here in the aisles. I've seen it in the back. I've seen it in the foyer, out here on the sidewalk. And you know what? I think some people might be like a little bit embarrassed. You want to do that, but you're just not real sure. Listen, we are a spirit-filled community. We should not be embarrassed about that. In fact, what you will find is that when we pour into people... And then, and we, they, and we just breathe God's spirit into them and they continue to, it's just a contagious thing. People just like, I want that. I want that. And it's when we get to that point that we realize that, you know what, the church is not a building, it's people. That what we're doing here, we're not a business we're not a business. We're a mission. We're a community. And so here's the question that I just want to leave with you this morning, and that is what can you do to make this a better community for Christ? And I think all of us have to answer that for ourselves. And for some people, you know what, it's, you know, it, I've, for some people, it's just, I got to move past the, the Sunday morning pew and I got to actually, I need to start getting into the lives of people. For some people, it's, um, you know what, I just, I need to move past conversations of sports and politics and, and I just, I need to start praying with people. I just need to be encouraging folks in their faith. I, I need to do some, I, get into some wonderful spiritual discussions for others is finding a place to serve is finding finding someone that that you can help bear their burdens but all of us have to ask that question what is it because God's spirit if you're if you are a child of God let me tell you something God's spirit's in you but it's your choice if you want to quench it. But God's Spirit will be just as powerful as you allow the Spirit to be in your life. And just as powerful as He can be right here in this church. It should be contagious. And we should leave here every time that we're together, whether it's here or whether it's like the ladies had their wonderful thing on Thursday night, or whether it's the men or whether it's 
um, you know, other things that we do, the, the Peyton's small group that they've got, the young adult, whatever it is, they sh- we should all be able to, to, to walk away from that and just say, I just, I just want to be a better person. I love this place. I can't wait to get back to it. You know, I want to say the Lord suffers for the end for the simple fact that this is a time of communion. We sometimes call it communion. There's a good reason we call it communion because that's what we do. But the Corinthian church, if you read about it, the Corinthian church, they began to kind of lose their way. They began to forget its purpose. Some of them became selfish. They became indifferent to to the other people that were a part of that place and they weren't waiting on each other. And it was a serious offense. You read it. I mean, he just, look, whoever eats the the bread and drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner, they're guilty concerning the body and the blood of Christ. That's how serious a matter it is. And I don't think we have a problem here of people showing up early. Well, we definitely don't have a problem with people showing up. But a problem with people showing up early and they want to take the communion together and not have to wait on other people to take the communion. We don't have that problem. But I do think we need to ask ourselves, is, is the Lord's Supper, what we're about to partake of, is it an individual thing for you? Is it a time that it's just you and the Lord, and I'm going to close my eyes, and it's it. It's just this personal time that I have with the Lord. Because if you do, you're just getting part of it. Because communion is something that not only is is vertical, but we also know that it is horizontal. And and, And we know that it's important because the Lord's Supper, it's not for you, it's for us. It is a communion that we, have to, that we have together. So it's corporate experience that we're about to partake of. Is this a time that we are worshiping God together? The vertical focuses, and he doesn't go away from that when he's, when he's really letting them have it. He quotes about Jesus. Look, there's the vertical aspect. We got, this is about Jesus. This is about his finished work, his promise of redemption. It's all about this promise of forgiveness and reconciling us back to the Father. But there is the horizontal focus of the community that God created by Christ's death and resurrection and the very reason that we are here. And he says, so you wait on one another because it is, it is a corporate thing. It is a community When we partake of the Lord's Supper, we need to have this heartfelt thanksgiving towards towards God and towards this community He's placed us in. You know, I started thinking about this as I was this week. You know, one of the annoying things about these little these little temporary communion things that we have, which we started back covid i know i don't say covid right but i can't ever say it right but but it's that it's that you know i'm talking about people like ah and and i know some of you and i do this i sit on the front row and i'm just like you know try to try to get it over with you know try to be as quiet as I can. But you know what? What if, we, what if we thought about it in the sense of, you know, here we, we have this time of prayer for communion, and then all of a sudden we just hear it across the room. 
this communal. They were all sharing together. Brings a new aspect to that, doesn't it? When you look beside you and you see the person and they're, they're, they're eating of the bread and they're drinking of the cup, that's communal. So as we get ready to take this together, rip off that cellophane, which I know some of you have already done. <laughs> Let's remember that Jesus has come and he's coming to commune with us in this very moment as we commune with him and as we commune with one another. Father, we thank you so much for the love and the forgiveness and the reconciliation that we have to your, because of your son. Father, we come in thanksgiving on the resurrection side of the sacrifice that has been made. And Father, we just thank you. We thank you that you have brought us here together as your people. After being in this, this out in our world all week, and, and maybe some of us just have had a bad week, we've dealt with toxic people, we've dealt with all the, the, the evil that's in our world, and it's just there's something so refreshing about what we're doing here, Father. And we thank you. And we come to you as, as your community of people in thanksgiving, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.